Hello, Connected Parents, and welcome to another episode of Connected Parenting. Today, I want to talk about anger. Um, anger is a really interesting emotion, and it's a very triggering emotion, and it gets a bad rap because certainly healthy aggression is really important, and not bottling up anger and allowing it to come out in really healthy ways is, is really important for uh, emotional regulation, emotional resi resilience, um, and mental health. So today, we're going to talk all about anger. Hi, everyone. I'm Jennifer Caleri. I'm a child and family therapist and a parenting coach and the founder of Connected Parenting. And welcome to the Connected Parenting Weekly Podcast. Join me every week and we'll tackle everything from temper tantrums to bedtime to sibling issues to teenage angst. Parenting can be so wonderful, but it can be so hard. Parents often say to me, hey, can you just come live at my house? This is the next best thing. Let's do this together. So anger, let's, let's start with a few facts about anger. So first of all, physiologically, we can only be angry for 90 seconds. We have 90 seconds of uh, special energy that's literally saved up in our bodies to escape, to run, to fight back, to do whatever we need to do to save our lives in a life-threatening situation. And we have about 90 seconds of that. After 90 seconds, it's a choice. So after 90 seconds, we can relive that thing. Oh my God, that thing is still there. Or, oh, I can't believe he did that. We reignite the anger. Another set of biochemicals uh, flood our body, adrenaline, cortisol, um, and, we're, and we're angry again. So every uh, minute and a half, we're recharging the anger to fit the situation that we're in. Now that can work very well if we're actually being attacked by something if we're actually in physical danger or trying to escape something. Um, and hopefully for all of you out there, that is not the case for you, that it's really just everyday stuff that is making us angry and that we're continually igniting this uh, cycle by reliving it, by talking about it, by saying it out loud. I can't believe it. I'm just, just this is just the day I'm having. This happened and this happened. And, and it causes the body to continuously say, okay, well, we're still not out of that state of emergency. So send more cortisol, send more adrenaline. Now, a few things happen when we're really angry. Our, our senses get extremely heightened. So our sense of smell, uh, sound, uh, all of our, um, our, our parasympathetic nervous system, everything kind of lights up. So we notice everything. We also hyper-focus on things when we're angry. And there's a reason for that. If we're about to be attacked by something, you don't want to take your eyes off that thing, right? You want to keep an eye on it so you know what's going to happen. Um, and all these things work very well in truly dangerous situations, but work against us in kind of normal life. And because our midbrain has a really difficult time understanding what is real danger and what is perceived danger, it just assumes everything is danger. Um, and it's constantly like surveying, always. We're not even aware of it, but our brain is constantly surveying our surroundings with this kind of low grade readiness to run or pounce. That's the fight, flight, or freeze response at any moment. I mean, that's just happening constantly in our brains. So if we're in a constant state of anger, agitation, and frustration, um, we never really get to relax, which means smaller things in our lives become more annoying. That cupboard that won't close, that whatever. And 
and we constantly stay supercharged. Now, what happens to us often is we walk around going, what is wrong with me? This is ridiculous. These aren't real reasons to be upset. Why does my body feel this upset? There literally are people in the world with horrendous problems. And here I am complaining about this. Um, so what adds on to that often is guilt. Like, I'm such an idiot. What's wrong with me? Why am I acting this way? Why am I doing this? And there be, there, there's this, this um, kind of chasm between how we want to be responding to our family, to our children, to our loved ones, and how we're actually responding. So that's one kind of major issue. We'll, we'll loop back to that in this podcast. But um, the other thing that happens is the frontal lobe, whose job it is to mitigate, uh, regulate, inhibit, take perspective. When the midbrain lights up and we're angry or agitated or even frustrated, um, and those biochemicals start flooding through our body, our frontal lobe starts to go offline. So the part of our brain that has read those books and taken the course on mindfulness and listened to podcasts about it is offline. It's not accessible. Your body has taken over. And what we have to understand is there are thousands, millions of years of programming in the human brain uh, that goes back to primitive survival that we're basically these incredible brains in monkey bodies that are responding to things on a very primal level. And there's this chasm between what we should be doing and what we're actually doing. And that actually causes us to get more frustrated and to also be really, really upset with ourselves. So the good news is you can recognize that this is programming. You can rewire, you can work on it every day, little by little. You are the thinker of your thoughts and you are the feeler of your feelings. And you can eventually change some of the neural pathways in your brain and build new neural pathways that actually help you respond instead of react to your environment. Now, where this often gets us in the most trouble is as parents. So we are expecting our children to have behaviors. When we tell them to calm down, we expect them to be able to calm down. And yet, we're having trouble doing it ourselves. And they're watching us going, well, she's 40 and she can't do it, so I'm four. How am I supposed to do it? Um, and, and we also feel guilty about that. And our children are always learning and they are always watching. So when we actually use some strategies to actually bring us back to a state of calm, to bring us back to a state of equilibrium, that motionless center, as I like to call it, and we can talk about it out loud while we're doing it. We can describe it to our kids. You know what? I'm feeling so angry right now. I can feel it all through my body. My cheeks feel hot. I'm clenching my jaw. I'm feeling really, really angry. And you can say it with intensity, but the words are lovely. So you're not saying anything hurtful. And you can say to your child, I'm actually going to work on a few things. I'm going to use some strategies right now to see if I can get my body calm. Do it right in front of them. Now they look at you and go, oh, that's how you do it. Right? So we're always, always teaching. So the, the, the two things that are happening there, one, we're helping ourselves calm down and two, we're teaching our child that it's possible. So this is for your own knowledge, but you can also share this with your child. Emotions, think of them as, um, as a scale, like, like musical notes. And I've talked about this before in other podcasts, but it, it bears repeating that kind of think about your emotions as vibrations, as notes. And the lowest note, the saddest, lowest, heaviest note on the piano or whatever instrument you're playing on 
um, has a very low vibration. It's very heavy. And when you think about uh, sadness or depression, your body kind of droops and your shoulders droop and your face, your, your mouth turns down and you're just, everything's heavy and everything's hard and doing anything feels like you're moving through your day with cement shoes. Above that emotion, so above depression and sadness, is actually probably anxiety. So at least there's a little more movement here. You want to do something, you just don't know what. Uh, anxiety is a miserable feeling. It's, it's a very, very uh, uncomfortable, actually excruciating at times emotion in the body. But at least your body's like in the game. Um, above uh, anxiety is anger. Right. So in, at least in anger, you're ready to actually do something, not just fret about it, but you're going to take some action. So anger is actually a, um, a more uh, dynamic emotion than the other two. Now, it can cause you to react in ways that aren't great, but it can actually cause you to do some really important life saving things if you need to. But if anger kind of hangs around and if you stay there and if you ruminate and you keep it alive and you're constantly talking about things that are going wrong in your life and you're driving your car as you're reliving arguments with your husband and you're in the shower talking about what you're going to tell your boss and or when you're why why my kids and you're sort of living this all uh, the time then you never allow your body to biochemically come out of that state and it is constantly in a state of fight or flight constantly pumping adrenaline and cortisol through your body, which is going to cause you to feel, uh, you know, anything from exhausted to headachey to, um, you know, having trouble sleeping they're, they're, to not wanting to eat or eating too much. Like there'll be lots of um, responses that your body's going to have to living in this state. So the first thing that you want to understand about anger, and this is true with all of what we call our negative emotions, which are not actually negative at all. They're actually our GPS system. They're teaching us something about what's going on in our environment. It's like a fire alarm. It's like a smoke alarm. It's going off and you don't ignore a smoke alarm. You go and you check out what's going on. That Think of your emotions as little smoke alarms that are going off. And then you go and you check it and you're like, oh, you know what? Just the battery. We're good. And you move on. Um, and kind of think about that analogy, because that's a good one. And then with anger, you just want to be aware of where it is in your body. Think of a scale from one to 10. One being you're not angry at all. 10 is like you're fuming mad and you're saying things and doing things that don't feel great. And remember in that state, when you are angry and what is coming out of your mouth feels fantastic you're probably being pretty mean. You're probably off. You're, you're, it's not great, right? If it feels good, you're not inhibiting it. It should feel like, oh, I am so mad. But you should feel yourself pushing the anger back down. That's how you know your frontal lobe is actually working. But when you are fully engaged and letting loose and, and it feels fabulous, you've lost it. And you're probably being pretty awful to the people around you and doing some of the very things to other people in your home and in your family or your colleagues or your friends that people are doing to you, which is making you so angry. And I call that the chain of pain. Somebody in the family makes you mad. You turn around and without realizing it makes someone else mad and around and around the chain goes. Or your boss makes you mad. You come home and you yell at your kids and they yell at their siblings and the chain of pain goes around and around. And at any time we have the choice, the responsibility at times to end that chain of pain. 
to be the person that stops that chain of pain in that moment. And we can do it. We do have the power to do that. We don't have to let our emotions control us. We can control them. This takes practice. If you've been angry for a very, very long time, it is really difficult. There's also a comfort in anxiety. I'm There's a, sorry, in, in anger that I feel safer. Feeling angry feels better than feeling sad. It just does. It even feels better than being anxious. So it's, it's not a pleasant emotion, but it feels much better to be angry. At least you feel like you have some power. Um, and you do, but you have to do things with that power that are going to work for you, that are going to work for your kids and, and, and be responsible. So you're kind of being the best person you can be, even though you are angry. So thinking about your emotions in that scale is really important and having this conversation with your kids, not in the moment. You can't talk to anyone when they're angry. That's not possible before they get angry and after they get angry, including yourself. Um, so understanding that physiology, I think is really, really important. And then having that scale one to 10. Okay. What am I doing? I'm at a seven. What am I doing at a seven? Something irritated me somewhere along the line. It's touching that underground river of anger that's in me. I need to take some action and I need to calm my body down. And so you physically need to take a moment, change your breathing, relax your shoulders, deepen your breathing. Put your tongue on the bottom of your teeth. Just let your tongue go soft. Feel your stomach relax. Exhale, a nice big sigh, exhale. And then if you can, and it's very hard to let go of anger for two reasons. One, your brain doesn't want you to let go of it in case that thing is gonna jump out of the bush and eat you, okay? So it doesn't want you to not be angry because it thinks you need to be angry to stay alert. So please know that it's you're, nothing in your body is gonna want you to let go of that anger. And because anger feels good, you feel kind of righteous in that anger. You don't want to let it go. And here's a really interesting fact. When someone is being mean, when they're being nasty and they're being mean, they never feel like they're being mean. Never. Never. They feel like they're protecting themselves. They feel like they're defending themselves. And so you, you could be that person and not even know you're that person. Like people who are super mean don't walk around, going, oh, I'm so mean. Like they don't feel like they're mean. They feel like everyone else is mean. This is why with your kids, especially if you have a child, you know, who's really nasty to their siblings and who kind of overreacts to their siblings and you say to them, how could you do that? That was so mean. Why would you, what are you talking about? This is what they did to me. And they feel so um, righteous, so uh, entitled to that anger in that moment. And a lot of that is biochemical. And you know what? It's us sometimes. Sometimes it's us. Sometimes we're that person. We just don't realize it in the moment. And so the bigger picture is, of course, we don't want to be that person. Of course, we don't want to be treating our, our loved ones that way. And we don't want to be modeling that for our kids either. So recognizing that anger will not want to be letting, because you have to be brave here. You have to be brave. You have to reclaim that moment from your anger. It's done its job. You've checked the fire alarm. Nothing's on fire. Nothing's going to attack you. In that moment, you are safe. And so in that moment, you have to take control of that emotion. And you do that by breathing. You do that by physically and consciously relaxing your shoulders, your jaw. We always clench our jaw. We tighten our brow, even just relaxing those things. Um, something as simple, and this sounds so silly, uh, taking a pencil and putting it between your teeth, it's going to force the muscles that, that you have to use when you smile to engage. 
And when you are even fake smiling, your body will automatically be sent different biochemicals that can assist you in calming down. Looking around your house and seeing anything that's beautiful. I like what's out my window. That is a very nice picture that we put up there. That's the cutest baby picture of my little one. Like make yourself look at and think about other things. You often, and this is not always possible when you're um, a mom with little ones, you can't always walk away because you can't leave your kids. You have to keep an eye on them. So sometimes you have to just escape in your own mind, but take yourself to neutrality. Sometimes trying to go to like, oh, I'm so lucky. And uh, there's lots of people who wear things are worse. That just makes you feel guilty and awful. And it's way too big a jump. It is way too big a jump. It's, it's too big of a leap. Your brain is not going to let you do it. The potential for things to you know still attack you are there. It's not going to let you do it. And then you're going to feel guilty. Why can't I do it? I've read all these books. I've, I've studied mindfulness. I, I meditate. Why am I stuck in this anger? Because that's too big of a leap. So just take a little leap. Find a thought that's slightly better than the thought you had before. So if your thought is, I hate my life, my kids are a nightmare, nothing, why, why me? You think, okay, my life is a nightmare, my kids are awful. But in this moment, this, you know, this one thing is okay. I'm actually, I'm actually enjoying what I see out my window. Or uh, these sweatpants are really comfortable, even though everything else is awful. These sweatpants are just my go-to. I just love them. And it sounds so stupid, okay? But you're inching away from anger. You're finding little micro thoughts, little tiny movements on that scale that take you from anger up to frustration, up to meh, up to contentment. Above contentment is um, happiness. Above happiness is joy. Above joy is, you know, being ecstatic and you play on this scale um, and you're constantly checking through the day where you are on that scale. And if you're hanging on one note for too long, that's not good for your family. It's not good for you. It's not good for your health. That's when you're going to go to bed at night and cry your eyes out. Like, why was I like that today? I couldn't stand myself today. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that dad. I don't want to be that mother. Then you wake up in the morning promising yourself you're not going to do it again. And then 10 minutes into the morning, you're doing it again. It's because you're, you're not allowing yourself time to really cool down. This is not easy. No one can do this for you. Um, you know, and there's nothing wrong with, um, you know, getting help and, and getting a therapist or, or a coach to help you, medication, whatever, that's all out there. But at the end of the day, no person is going to be able to do this for you. No pill is going to be able to do this for you. No circumstance is going to be able to do this for you. You have to do this for you. You have to be the one that has faith in your own ability to rewire your brain, to make different choices, to model those choices for your children, to be loving and kind to yourself. So when you do have a bad day and when you are angry, beating yourself up or being angry isn't going to help you. It's just going to keep your brain in that state. So the other thing that is so important is when you are feeling angry internally, not externally, go towards the anger. Picture your anger as this crazy cartoon monster or a giant wall or something. Give it something. Give it an image and thank it. Thank you, anger, for trying to protect me. Thank you for building this wall around this moment. Thank you for igniting this energy in me to save me from perceived danger. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, fire alarm, for going off and piercing my ears. I love you for it. 
but I'm not actually in danger. I'm good. I'm okay. And it sounds so simple, but you can actually talk to it. You're the CEO of your brain. You can talk to it and tell it what to do. And this takes practice. You're going to have days where you do better. You're going to have day days when you're a disaster. Send yourself some love. Use the calm technique on yourself. Go back to episodes one and two to remind yourself of what that means, but send yourself some love, some compassion, some, some understanding. Uh, parenting, sorry, my dogs are barking in the background. Uh, parenting is really hard. Kids are impossible. Life is really challenging right now. And yes, there are people on the planet with many worse things happening to them, um, but that doesn't mean you get to beat yourself up for it. You are still human. You are still in the moment that you're at and your brain can only work with the context that it finds itself in. And it will adjust to whatever situation it finds itself in. So you are the thinker of your thoughts. You can model this for your kids. This will help you as you stick with this. It can take weeks, months to do this, but do it with determination. Do it with the same uh, love and energy you put into your kids. When they have a problem or a medical issue, you're not going to stop until you fix it. Put that same energy into um, rewiring your own brain so you are closer and closer and closer to what you know that sort of alignment with your best self, with who you really want to be on a daily basis. And if you're focusing on that, you will be very surprised to learn that your family's behavior will change around you. So as you become more integrated, as you become more relaxed, as you become better able to respond instead of react to your world and to your circumstances, your family will watch you. They will rise with you. You are teaching them. You are bringing them up with you instead of going down into the muck with them. So this is not easy. Keep at it. It is, it is a total act of love for yourself and for your family. Um, if you want more information on Connected Parenting, go to connectedparenting.com. We have a lot of services. We've got parenting courses uh, with video uh, alone. We've got uh, parenting courses where I interact with everybody on, on in a closed Facebook group and with monthly co coaching calls. We have our village where parents can get together and talk about all these things and support each other and help each other. And we have Connected Parenting therapists and coaches in there weekly. Um, we've got our books, listen to the podcast over and over again. We do everything we can here to help parents. Uh, parenting is really hard. It is not easy, um, but we've got you. We've got a number of services uh, to support you on that parenting journey. Uh, so I will see you next time on the next episode of Connected Parenting.